This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Welcome to Manawatu Conversations, recollections of the past and sometimes opinions about the future. Today we have with us Kirsten Holst, Alison Milden, and I'm Stuart Burke. Now, Kirsten, we've been talking about your uh, work as a uh, gerontologist, but you're dealing with patients and people and so so there's a human side to that and I believe you've also got some of the the, the direct personal involvement mm. with with your mother so yeah. I um I always thought one of the, the 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 great things about geriatrics is hearing people's stories and uh their experiences in life which are often quite different to mine so that's one of the things that I just love about it um and you get to know people and their families and that helps you uh, shape your care for them which is um, I mean everyone wants to have personalised care and I think that that's, yeah. that, that, that's uh, a really important thing and as I say if you, if you know somebody it is much easier um, if you know their loves and hates and things like that it is much easier to do, do the right thing and I thought I was reasonably um, okay at managing those sorts of things. Um, but I realise once you have a personal experience of somebody um, developing you know, a problem, like for my mum, uh, her, her developing memory problems, um, I really didn't have as much idea as I thought I did. I, I had mm. lots of book knowledge, but in fact a lot of the things that... Um, are devastating about those sorts of things. Um, you know, they're still devastating, even mm. yeah, regardless of what you do. So, you know, if I look look at um, the things that we know that we can do to help um, prevent you getting dementia, so we say you know keeping your brain active and learning. So we know that if you get a university education, um, you know that's a protective thing for developing um, dementia. Is, is, is that so? People with degrees are less likely to, or they get dementia later. Yeah, yeah, and it's just that, that's the thing overall. But is, is it a big difference? No, it's not a big difference, but it is a it is a, it is definitely a protective thing. So that if you um, have extended your education, um, yeah, and it's that that's you know just from the time that you left school, even um, people that stay longer at school and go on and do tertiary education, and you know maybe get advanced degrees they're, they're, they're protective now, now on, on a correlation basis though is it because if you have more education then you have a more sedentary job it's less physically demanding so you're going to age um, I, I don't know because being physically active is yeah. also something that's protective yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's tricky okay. I guess you know it might be that you're less likely to kill yourself in your work yeah. um, by having um, a, a more of yeah, a, a degree, job. a safer job, but um, I think that, yeah. So, so yeah. My mum had a, a degree, um, and she was very physically active. Um, she and my dad were great, great walkers, and they would spend you know hours out each day walking. Um, 
She, this is even uh, yeah. as, the, as they aged. Yeah, know? as they aged, they yeah. were they were still you know still very active. Um, you know that they've always been quite careful people. So we, we say you know don't get yourself head injuries by fighting or. Mm-hmm. Uh, crashing. We always wear seat belts. We've been, you know, obedient yeah. about those yeah. sorts of things. We'd wear helmets um, yeah. when you're cycling. Um, my mum never played rugby, and she never did boxing. Yeah. Um, and uh, we did notice, uh, and it's a funny little story in some ways, that um, my parents were very keen gardeners, and um, as mum, uh, we was noticeably becoming forgetful. She said one day to Dad, what's that tree with the orange flowers outside? <laughs> and it was mm. a grapefruit tree. And in fact, the orange mm. flowers that she was seeing were the grapefruit. And my dad then realised that her vision was, um, you know, was much more of a problem. So and it, mm. it turned out she had quite bad cataracts. And it did really help, mm. you know, her yeah. having her cataracts treated um, mm. for a while. Um, you know, so getting sensory input is a, a, a beneficial thing. Because yeah, they say the same with hearing. Though. Hearing mm-hmm. hearing's really important as as far as things go as well. And I guess that one of the other things around that is that it's really quite important to remain socially active. So mm. being socially active is interacting with other people. It helps to be able to hear them and see them yeah. and yeah. see their facial expressions and things like that. So, yeah, despite the fact, you know, Here's my mum, who should have had a lower chance of having uh, memory problems. And um, we do have a family history of uh, being memory problems. So that my grandfather uh, was quite forgetful by the time uh, he died. Her, her dad. Um, but yeah, here she was. Mum, mum ended up with with memory problems. And I guess and they, what, uh, roughly what age? Is um, she was in her late sixties when I noticed. So would that problems. be called early onset? Um, really before 65 is probably uh, okay. early onset. And maybe, yeah, maybe there were some issues before mm. then that yeah. we, we weren't noticing. Um, but she, yeah. Now, now for, for people listening, there is a big difference <laughs> between the dementia-type forgetfulness and just forgetfulness, isn't there? Well, yeah. there's the, memory problems... Um, you know, they, they they come in across quite a range of things. So that there's, um, if if you think about your ability to be cognizant of what's going on, um, you know, one of the things is sort of knowing what day of the week it is and things like that, knowing where you are in time and place. So an orientation thing, and somebody with no memory problems. Um, might still get the day wrong from time to time, <laughs> but that, that they'll have a, a pretty general idea about where they are, what season we're in, um, and you know that 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 then helps you plan plan your life. There's also things like your ability um, to manage um, what we call activities of daily living, and some of the, those sorts of things might be about how you manage your finances and things like that. Um, and so somebody who doesn't have memory problems is pretty aware of what money they have, what accounts they have the money in, and how to pay bills. They don't necessarily forget to pay them or anything like that. Every now and then, I've had not registered with my car until it was a bit late the other day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that, 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 those sorts of things. So yeah, that, that's allowed, and I don't think I have early onset dementia at the moment. <laughs> Um, but that, that there are things that um, you know that that you have to plan for, um, and there's a, there's a planning aspect um, 
to things. So I often say, you know, f- around money, for instance, if people can manage an FPOS card, remembering their PIN number, mm. um, and sometimes if they have a couple of accounts, you know, maybe they're, they're managing a couple of accounts mm. um, and they're doing their internet banking, you know, that's that, that's that they're doing pretty well. And, uh, you know, one of the things that people might lose is that they lose their ability to manage on the internet, which mm. is... You know, this becomes a really big problem, particularly you know, around the, the in yeah. the COVID times when we're trying to download things. Now, now we, we <laughs> have that, to yeah. say, because yeah. if people listen to this in yeah. fifty years' mm. time, this is just coming in now. Mm. So, for a lot of older people, it mm. came in before that. You know, young people are used to it; they've yeah. grown up with it. Older yeah. people, it's something that a lot of them have just put off, haven't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, oh. I have to say, I remember going and staying on a farm and. Uh, Southland family friends and they had a party phone line you know and mm. my my daughters would just be horrified to, to know that you had to listen to the number of rings to yes. know which phone to pick up well, uh, <laughs> when, where everyone in the family yeah. has a, an individual phone have you seen the clips on YouTube of you know the old dial phones <laughs> with, with the dial and they get teenagers and say you try and dial a number with this yeah. and they have no idea that's right but, well that's what you have a 965 you remember yours? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And yeah. who yeah. who else? And who are the talkers? Yeah. And you'd pick up to try and just, <laughs> just remind them, you know, other people want to use this line. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I can remember watching um, particularly American programs for some reason, whereas, you know, that the, the phones, um, you know, even were attached with a court, you know, that the, oh, yes, yes. and, you know, oh, the daughter course, would take yeah. the phone into her bedroom and then drive everyone else mad by well, occupying in, in it all those, the time. Yeah, in those homes they had a long cord. In yeah, a lot yeah. of homes you just had to stay. stand there. In fact, even in this house we've got a small uh, alcove in the hallway where the phone, phone would have sat. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that those are things that... I guess you know people don't have any idea about, but yeah, yeah a lot of yeah. people don't have smartphones. Um, a lot of the people that I deal with don't have smartphones. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, as I say, there's a little bit of a, a sequential loss of your ability to do things. Some you know people then can maybe they can manage and they can still use the FPOS card at the supermarket. Um, sometimes then that they actually can only use the FPOS card if they go into the bank, and that's really dependent on the bank people recognising them and saying yes. Yeah. And it's, a, a again, a sort of a society thing that sometimes, you know, I get referrals from the bank saying this person doesn't seem to be managing their well, money uh, very well yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, I've seen a different yeah. sort of problem where yeah. someone sort of wandered into town and spent $500 on the FPOS card on things that they just didn't need. Mm. Fortunately, the shops sort of accepted yeah. the things back, but... Then you yeah. have to wave the card. Yeah. Oh. And it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, if it's a, a, a tap and go, you know, yeah. sort of yeah. thing, that, that, that it can very be very easy uh, for that to yeah. be a problem. Yeah. Um, then people, you know, can only manage with cash. And now that's going to be a really big problem if you can't go into a bank, if you can't see somebody face to face. It's going to be, you know, a, a more of a, a, a limiting factor. Um, um, about things, so yeah, so that that's that the, the sort of the financial planning bits is you know is another some of a memory problem. Um, you know, I I have to say that 
because my family do food. Um, yeah. I have a little bit of a hierarchy of cooking. So if people are doing their ba- baking, should we do? Have we have we said who your mother? Oh well, my my mum's Alison Holst. So yeah, yep, so, so that's, with the, that's the okay. cookbooks and the <laughs> yeah. TV programs. Yep. So she was yep. a major. Everyone in New Zealand. New mum. So, yeah. <laughs> was that so, difficult growing up? Ah. Uh, because well, you everyone, mentioned before yeah. your photos were in her mm, books. Yeah, 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 no. So, yeah, I was I was embarrassed growing up, and people made an assumption in our family. It's actually it was really interesting because I've I've got a brother, mm. and my my dad Peter is um, he's a was a physician. He's a retired physician now, mm. yeah. <laughs> but he was a physician um, and did respiratory medicine. In mm. fact, so um, when you know one of these sort of sexist things about things is that when people met us and asked what we were going to do you know there would be slightly an assumption that I might do the food thing and Simon might do the medicine thing well in fact it turns out I did the medicine thing and he did the food thing um, mm-hmm. because I guess I, I honour my parents immensely by the fact that they they didn't believe particularly in gender roles so what, or anything like well, that. Well, some of the major chefs are male. But yeah. So yeah. What, what is he doing in the food? Um, well, he, he, he worked with mum for quite a long time. Um, and when she became uh, less well, he took over the business, which was a great relief to me that I didn't oh. have to take the, over that. The, the business, so it's not... Yeah, the, the, it's, it was that, that mum, you know, that, that she still has books that are published um, oh, yeah. there's you know there's things yeah. to manage yeah. with, with that and when the, the things do get reprinted from time to time um, I don't know in supermarkets there were things like Alison's Choice which was the nuts and fruit oh, and things like that yes. Um, the Alison sausage rolls, oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah, she the, she imported uh, knives into New Zealand. She was she she, she was really a bit irritated by that we didn't have good knives available here or mm-hmm. not at a reasonable price, and she. Um, ended up uh, importing Victronox knives as one of her things, and she did a mail order okay. business with those. And so, there were, so those are some of the things mm-hmm. that Simon took over, which was, as I say, was great. Now, and just as an aside, though, because New Zealand, as a small country, in, in large countries, if someone's a celebrity, they can make lots of money. In New Zealand, with it being a small, was was it lucrative as well, or was it just high publicity? Um, we we lived comfortably. Yeah, I guess yeah. so, and um, it's, it's really, it, gave, it gave a living. I mean, it's really, you know, no, it's, and it's, win the singing contest, and they say, "Oh, you'll have a career out of yeah. this," and they have three no. or four shows, and, yeah. and, and they've drained the market. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things for for Mum was is that she's she was doing she did her food thing for so long. Um, so she started when I was small, so I was um, two years old. She was lecturing at the home science school and Television New Zealand, which was wasn't called Television New Zealand, I don't think, by that stage, was based in Dunedin. Um, that's where their studio was. Oh, yeah. And so they approached the home science school um, where mum was lecturing, and they wanted somebody who would be able to do cooking, sewing, general home discussions, childcare, mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. And so mum was nominated as the person to do it, and they only ever got as far as doing the cooking side of things. That, mm-hmm. that, that became... Um, very popular thing and I guess that there were a couple of chefs at the time but mum mm. cooked very much family food this is something that people yeah, could yeah. relate to uh, in their households and things like that and um, yeah so Did it she became change New Zealand cooking? Oh, I think so I think um, 
Yeah, I mean, we lived in Dunedin, and it's got a reasonably large Chinese community. And I, if you look at some of her early books, she talks about things like putting soy sauce and things. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. might be able to get this at your yeah. greengrocer, okay. the Chinese greengrocer, yeah. um, which, uh, you know, that, and now we think of, I think it's a very poor shop if I can't buy soy sauce off the yeah. shelf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, in fact, like to have quite a range of soy sauce that yeah. I choose from, yeah. so... Yeah, I think that um, I don't think she was the only one that changed um, food uh, in New Zealand, but I think that she um, she made other people think differently about it, mm. and people trusted her, and so that they, you know, she she did the basic things. Yeah. Was there a heavy focus on the nutrition content then? Um, being academic, she uh, the importance of food um, has always was always uh, was always important, but. And there were things that you could have as treats. So mm-hmm. you, you, then they, they often were the things with higher fat and sugar in them mm-hmm. and things like that. So we, we recognised those things. And, you know, the, what went, there was fish and chips maybe as takeaways then. Mm-hmm. The, there weren't lots and lots of options yeah. and things yeah. like that. So I think that, um, you know, most people did cooking at home. Um, mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I mean, the, the shops were all shut on the weekends. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is the, these are the day where days was late night on Friday night, yeah. and then um, yeah, I can. And remember, I see a, as well yeah. an older generation that uh, I'm talking about, say people who are about eighty now who think. A proper meal, even a proper meal out, should be a roast and vegetables. <laughs> yeah, or meat and three veg. Yes, and yeah. you know, I, I certainly think that Mum always. Uh, you know, if you if you could say what meat you were going to have, and she said, "And what are you going to have with it?" <laughs> yeah. you know, we were we were talking about things, so yeah. it was certainly, and you know, how is that going to be interesting on the plate? Those were some of the things she taught me. You know, yeah. how is that going to look nice? You don't want to have steamed fish and cauliflower and mashed potato, you know, because okay. that's going to be very white. Unless you're maybe yeah. autistic and you only want one one colour food on your plate, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if. Um, you know, how are you going to make things look good? And I, you know, I, I very much admire both my mum and my brother um, because they are very creative people and they can make things look beautiful on the plate. And I'm, you know, if they give me a bit of coaching, I'm not too bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm much better um, if, if they tell me how I should do it first. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't see it quite the same way that they do. It's, yeah. it, is, it is a different bit of your brain, the way that yeah. some of these things work. But, but your mother yeah. would have come through as well, in, in, in a way, that the early days of nutrition, because that's yeah. actually grown as an academic yeah. discipline. Yeah, it? and as I say, she went through home science school. And you know, one of the reasons she did home science was because... It gave. She wanted to be a science teacher, and it gave you a very good basic science degree. You did biochemistry, you know, you did biology, chemistry, um, then you did biochemistry um, and food science and things like that. So it was. A, um, you're right. It was. Mm. But you also did materials um, mm. and things like that. So she was an incredibly good sewer. Um, yeah. Yeah. And she could make a piece of material go from a flat piece of material into a, an amazing shape. Mm-hmm. She was. Yeah, she was really good at those sorts of things so, so um, okay now, yep. now we, we can get, that, that was a great diversion <laughs> to get back to the the, the, the thing because you were yeah. talking about actually the experience of living with aging yeah. yeah and you know when I, I guess one of the things about this is what we do we'll watch our parents age a bit um, or if we're lucky we get to watch them aging mm. <laughs> it's um, yeah. it is a privilege um, but 
yeah, when mum began to have problems with her memory, it was um, it, it was complicated. It was, you know, when I, you know, you can have mild memory problems, so some some limitations of things, and still be able to function pretty well, particularly functioning pretty well in social situations. And you know, mum was certainly in that situation for a, a long time, um, but she was needing more and more. Uh, prompting with things and you know one of the things that was very sad for for me was watching her stopping being able to cook um and so, uh, and, and how did you see well it? she just she she began to have more difficulty um i guess getting things organized for cooking um so it was if it was fine if if you if you'd prepared if you if you'd given her a box of hello fresh or something like that say where everything's hello, Fre- hello oh. fresh is one of the you know those boxes that arrive yeah or my food bag and yeah. so if you you know done something like that where the food all arrived she probably yeah. would have been able to put together a meal from that okay yeah, yeah. but the whole thing about you know making a plan about what you were going to be mm. eating and things like that became more difficult for her and so that there would be tends to be you know lots and lots of tins of peaches or something like that that she yeah. would she would have see them at the supermarket and you'd have lots of them and then you would discover that there was no butter or yeah. no bread yeah. <laughs> or okay. something like that. So those things began to um, be a bit of an issue. And you know, my dad was really good about the way that he managed that. And he would say, "Okay, well, I think we need to sit and plan what we're going to eat this week, and we'll yeah. go to, then go to the supermarket and get it." And that, so you know, that that worked reasonably well with that. And then it got more complicated. So she stopped being able to bake, for instance, um, and uh, because doing things like baking it does need you to get measurements right mm. whereas yeah. some of the yeah. other things you can get by without maybe um, uh, being as straightforward as that mm. uh, and then uh, then it got to the stage where when we were thinking about a meal uh, a particular meal dad would need to work with her how we were going to time it <laughs> Yeah. So what did you have to start oh, cooking first? The <laughs> yeah, the, sh- the scheduling yes. aspects of it. Um, and what was really, really, really delightful um, was that uh, as things progressed, Mum said, "Well, you know, your father's retired now, and he's he's got an interest in cooking." <laughs> <laughs> so did, did I'm she? Did, him she do it. <laughs> did she realise it? Just like with, with no, deafness, no. they say it's the partner who picks up the problem. Yeah. Was that? And, I mean, she should be able to say that she had some memory problems, but yeah. she wouldn't she wouldn't have recognised that that was what was limiting yes. the cooking, and that's why that Dad had taken taken it over. So yeah. it was it was quite funny, but she. The, you know that, as I say, within family, food, uh, my family food is important, and there are particular things that were um, have always been important. So the first time you have a new potato for the season, you get a wish. Mm. The first new asparagus of the season, you know that you've been very seasonal oh, eating. My, okay. my family yeah. were into that, so you'd have a wish when it was the fe- first new asparagus, and oh, okay. if it was the asparagus you'd grown in your garden, it was particularly exciting, and everyone would divide the one or two spears, <laughs> so that everyone could have a taste of the wonderful new asparagus. <laughs> and it was your special, and you know things like foraging for mushrooms, you know field mushrooms, mm-hmm. you know those were all things that were just a lot of fun. And um, have remained, you know, they, they remain important for me. But 
they were mum maintained those and uh dad uh we lived in Dunedin when I was growing up and my mum had lived in Dunedin all her um childhood (laughs) and bluff oyster season was quite important in our lives and Mm. you know that there is something special about a bluff oyster in our family well um (laughs) when mum uh was relatively forgetful my dad would buy her a dozen bluff oysters each day Mm. during the oyster season and she would he would he learned how to she liked them on a piece of brown bread Mm-hmm. Cut into four, and then an oyster. Yeah. So you have three oh, yeah. slices of bread, so that there's yeah. your dozen oysters. <laughs> Salt yeah. and pepper and a little bit of lemon. Yeah. And um, and she would eat them, and she said, oh, I don't know when I had a last, last had a bluff oyster. That was so delicious. Yeah. <laughs> and the next day, <laughs> I don't know when I last had a bluff oyster. Yeah. That was so delicious. <laughs> and it was, yeah. you know, so that was a, a, a it was a, a loving thing, I guess, that my dad was doing um, and uh, it, it, as I say it gave mum a lot of pleasure and it was it was really sad when oysters stopped giving her that, that yeah. amount of pleasure um, yeah. Yeah. you know but for and for a long time um, that uh so was it just sort of slow? Oh yeah, this is this is something that happened over years. Years, years, yeah, yeah, years. years. Yeah. I mean, over ten years, more than ten oh, wow. years. Um, now, so mum's so, in the mid-80s so now. So someone's sort of moving in that direction, you you can still expect a long time of quite reasonably functional life. Well, yeah, I, I think it's everything is um, uh, is going to be individual. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone, yeah. you know, yeah. that we can't predict necessarily how things yeah. um, or what time frame things are going to progress over, um, but. Yeah, I mean, you certainly can have mild memory problems and live a very, very full life. Hmm. Um, And one of the things that was lovely for me um, was that uh, once I was aware that mum was having memory problems and once everyone in the family was aware that that's what was happening, um, and we decided that she probably wasn't safe to be on her own at home. And so the dad to get away and have a bit of a break. I, I used to go up and spend a four-day weekend with them once a month, once yeah, every four yeah. weeks, because that's what fitted in with my roster. Yeah, a completely yeah. pathetic arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> what fitted in with my roster, I would do. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and we just would have the best time. Mm. It, was, it was just superb. We... Mum enjoyed painting um, and art and seeing things. And as I say, after she had her cataracts done, um, you know, she would tell me how many they live on the beach at Oriwa, and she could say, "I can see, you know, I can see six rows of waves coming in oh, the white, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the the white caps." And she said, "I think I'll draw a picture of that." <laughs> mm. And it was, um, but we would would go out, and again, a little bit like the the oysters, I'd. I'd We'd go out and we'd go to visit the pet shop because we we like animals as well. We'd go to the pet shop and see the animals that were there, play with the guinea pigs and mm. look at the birds and see what puppies and kittens there were and things. And then we would go and have a cup of coffee at um, one of the garden centres. We'd walk, walk around the garden centre and smell everything mm. and enjoy it yeah. and look at the frogs that were jumping into the ponds and the goldfish that they had there and mm. we'd have a cup of coffee and something to eat and um, 
mum would say again, you know, I don't know when I did this last. This is so nice. And I could do that for four days in a row. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah, yeah, each day. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and we could still get a lot of pleasure out of it. And I just yeah, had to yeah. relax the fact that, in fact, yeah. in fact, I could remember exactly when we did it last. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She didn't, and that was that was okay. So we had a lovely time. And it was it was really funny because my, uh, my husband, John, um, he got to the stage where he he said I'm not sure that I want to come with you because you and your mother are going to sit and giggle and laugh (laughs) and I'm going to be excluded (laughs) and I'm not going to be the centre of your attention so maybe I won't come with you while you're going to see your mum (laughs) and it was um, that was also delightful and then you know very sadly my husband um, he developed prostate cancer and he had chemotherapy for that and uh, it was harder for mum to recognise him mm. when he lost his hair and things like that, all the things that yeah, happened with, yeah. the, with the chemo and she can remember sitting we were up, we had gone up there together at that stage and we were sitting um, in the lounge and she leant over to me and said, said I'm not sure what's wrong but I don't think that man is very well yeah. <laughs> yeah. talking about uh, uh, talking about John Mm. And um, she, it was, uh, things got even more complicated, I guess, for me at home with, with John, and that he then had a stroke later, mm. um, which left him uh, wheelchair dependent and um, it also affected his language. So, uh, a terrible thing for him <laughs> to have to listen to me all the time rather than being able to pipe in <laughs> as well. Mm. Um, but we were, you know, we, we were able to go up and spend time uh, with my parents mm. then as well, mm. um, uh, and, and make things work. But yeah, that, that that was too much of a change in John yeah. for Mum to be yeah, able to recognise him. Yeah. And now, I mean, I have to say that you know, Mum and I look similar enough that I think she realises that there's a familial similarity, but. Mm. I'm, I'm not completely convinced that she knows who I am anymore. Yeah. But that doesn't, you know, when when we were in, in the COVID situation, the first time I was up there, as we were just, when the first we went into the first lockdown, I had been there the weekend just before that. And um, I was realising that we were going to lockdown and wasn't sure when I was going to see her again. So when I was saying goodbye, I started crying. And despite the fact she hadn't known who, or I hadn't been convinced that she'd known who I was, she just put her arms around me and mm. rubbed my back as as I cried and um, I thought actually you know, was, th- th- that's pretty good, that was, yeah. that was a, a, a nice recognition and I was very pleased that I had been there and had that experience yeah. so you know, one of the things that's been really hard in the most recent lockdown is that while I'm in Palmy at the moment, um my parents are up at Oriwa, um in Auckland, and um, during the lockdown, my dad wasn't able to see my mum because they were needing to lock down the rest homes because they're a very vulnerable group of people. And um, yeah, no, that that was really hard. And he didn't see her for he didn't see her for 101 days. And then he was worried that he he also hadn't had his hair cut for over 101 days, and he had curls at the back, which is not at all what my father has. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and a mask the first time he saw her they arranged a picnic on the deck of the rest home which was lovely because they still 
at that stage weren't allowed to visit inside, yeah. they, but they, they arranged a picnic in the car park on the deck. Thank you for listening to Manawatu Conversations. This and other recent programmes can also be found on the Manawatu People's Radio website and a range of programmes is also available on the Manawatu Heritage website of the Palmerston North City Archive. The address for that is manawatuheritage.pncc.govt.nz If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.